championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com, your home for everything Lakers. This is the LakersNation.com live post-game show. Oh, boy. Your Lakers did not show up in Memphis. The plane went there. The plane landed in Memphis. They were there, but the Lakers were not. At least when the game started, the Lakers did not show up against the Memphis Grizzlies tonight. A shorthanded Memphis Grizzlies team on the second night of a back-to-back just to add insult to injury. That's right. The Grizzlies were on the second night of a back-to-back missing. Dylan Brooks, John Morant, a few other rotation players did not matter because the Lakers did not show up to play basketball at all. We'll talk about that tonight. We're going to break it down. Hopefully by the end of the night, a lot of you will have had a chance to vent a little bit in the chat. So if you're coming in from YouTube, from Facebook, from Twitter, Welcome in. We're going to break down what happened. I'll be taking some of your questions and comments. I can already see I've seen a bunch of comments flying in. A lot of people angry, a lot of people upset, and rightfully so. And rightfully so. And we'll get into why. But uh, go ahead, vent a bit, and let's get through this thing together. Let's jump straight into the box score, and then we'll talk about kind of the narrative around this and what's really going on here. 108-95, to Grizzlies win this thing. Lakers were up 29-25 after the first quarter. After that, it was all Grizzlies. Memphis wins the second by 10. They win the third by one. They win the fourth by six. The Lakers put up 17 points in the fourth quarter. 17 points in the fourth. Anthony Davis, 9 for 18 shooting, 22 points, 8 boards, 1 block. That sounds pretty good, right? LeBron James, triple-double. His 100 triple-double of his career. 7 to 15 shooting, 10 boards, 11 assists, 4 steals, 20 points. Sounds pretty good, right? Uh, This is where sometimes stats can be misleading. Well, LeBron also had five turnovers. Russell Westbrook, bad Russell Westbrook showed up. In fact, the bad Lakers showed up in general. It wasn't even just Westbrook. It was the whole team. Westbrook, right after looking great for a couple of weeks, actually, he's been really good, reverted back to the very bad version of himself. Six turnovers, nine points. He was a minus 16 on the night. Carmelo Anthony, also very bad. Three turnovers, two for five shooting. Could be worse there, I guess, but two of four from the free throw line. Again, three turnovers for a guy who's primarily a spot-up shooter. That's pretty bad, considering he's not being asked to facilitate the offense. He's mostly a spot-up shooter at this stage. He was not good. Even Malik Monk was a minus 16 on the night. Then you go look at the Grizzlies. 25 points from Jaron Jackson Jr., 12 from Tyus Jones, 23 from Desmond Bain, 12 from DeAnthony Melton. The Grizzlies cared. They showed up to play. And again, they were on the second night of a back-to-back. Grizzlies, 14 offensive boards. Just seven for the Lakers. They destroyed the Lakers on the offensive class. And the Lakers had 22 turnovers in this game. They're just 11 for the Grizzlies. As a result, the Grizzlies took 94 shots in this game. The Lakers took 78 doesn't matter how well you shoot just about. If you are letting your opponent shoot that many more times than you, 94 to 78 in shot attempts, you're probably going to lose. And the Lakers did shoot better than Grizzlies, 46% to 44%, but that's not enough. The Lakers at halftime were above 50% from the field and above 50% from three. I made the comment, this is going to go one of two ways. Put it out there on Twitter. I said, 
this could get really ugly if the Lakers don't wake up because they were only down six at halftime, but they were shooting so insanely well. You knew that was unsustainable. So if you don't wake up, if you don't start playing, stop turning the ball over, stop giving up offensive rebounds and actually look like you were interested in competing in a basketball game on the night, then it was going to get bad really fast because those shots weren't going to keep falling and that six-point deficit deficit was going to get a lot worse. Now, of course, we hope the Lakers would come out of halftime, energized, they would play a lot better, and they did for like three minutes in the third quarter, and then they switched right back off and said, no, no, wait, wait, just kidding, just kidding. We just wanted to show everybody that we can be good and then made the decision to not do that once again. So I'm interested to see what the postgame quotes look like, but let me get into some of your questions and comments and I'll talk more about what's going on here. Leroy Long said, Trevor, why are we so inconsistent? Why are we so inconsistent? You know, I wish I wish I knew what the reason is for the inconsistency. Matthew Optimus Peralta was talking about this a little bit on Twitter tonight, said that the most frustrating thing about this Lakers team is you don't know who's going to show up on any given night. You don't know what Lakers team. We talk about good Russ and bad Russ, and that's there's a big difference between those two things. Good Russell Westbrook and bad Russell Westbrook. We've largely seen good Russell Westbrook for the last couple of weeks, and it's been fantastic. Bad Russ showed up today, but the Lakers are the same way. The team, you just don't know which team you're going to get on any given night. If you watch this game and you compare that to last game against the Celtics, you would think you were watching two totally different teams. Like everybody had, everybody on the team has an evil twin that isn't good at basketball, that wore a Lakers jersey tonight compared to the good team that played last game against the Celtics. You just don't know which team is going to show up on any given night. It makes it really hard to know what you're getting yourself into when you settle down to watch a Lakers game this season. Let's see what else we've got. Oh, and somebody mentioned they're facing OKC tomorrow. Yeah, at OKC, they've lost two games to already this season. Um, this game against the Grizzlies, I would classify as a bad loss. Hey, this one sits right there with the loss to Sacramento, the blowout loss to a, a Portland Trailblazers team that was struggling, the losses to OKC. It's a bad loss because, again, Memphis, second night of a back-to-back, missing so many key players, and the Grizzlies are not good. The Grizzlies are not a good team. They outcompeted the Lakers, but in terms of talent, the Lakers are a much more talented team. The Grizzlies, again, to their credit, they played hard the entire game, even on the second night of a back-to-back. They played hard. They outworked the Lakers. They made up for that talent deficit and more simply by wanting to play basketball compared to a Lakers team that looked like they did not want to play basketball. And so, yes, I would absolutely put this in the column of a bad loss uh, right up there with those other ones. Now, the Lakers have OKC tomorrow night. Again, have already lost twice to a team like the Thunder that is not trying to win games. And again, I've said this a lot. These teams that are, I say are not trying to win games, that doesn't mean the players aren't trying to win. It means the organization is not trying to win. And that's what we've seen. Uh, Super Chat just flew by. I missed the name on it. it. said, Trevor, is it time to make a trade? Well, a lot of players are not trade eligible until December 15th. For THT, I believe it's January 15th. So I don't think the Lakers have a way to make a trade right now. I don't think there's a possibility for them to really... It's not like there's some trade that's out there on the horizon that they can just swing a deal and everything is fixed. I don't think that that exists. That move isn't out there. Now, does that mean nothing will change? No, as the season goes on, 
things are going to change if it stays like this. Uh, Cryptic Villain from YouTube says, I've stayed positive the whole season, but this is my breaking point with this team and even more so with AD. I regret defending him last season. Look, I fully understand the frustration out there right now. And this is why. So I had a lot of people in the chat that were surprised that I was not as upset after the loss, uh, what was it, about a week ago to the Clippers. And the reason for that was I felt like the Lakers, they played hard, they put in a lot of effort, and they looked better. Their, their rotations, everything looked better. They made some stupid decisions down the stretch in terms of doubling Paul George. But overall, you could feel things starting to click. And so that's why I wasn't as upset about the Clippers loss. This is the opposite. This is now they know kind of what they need to do, and they just chose not to. This was very much a choice. The outcome of this game was very much a choice. The Grizzlies came out with a lot of energy. They played hard the whole way through. And the Lakers said, eh, no, thank you. Not interested. No, don't want to do that. This was an energy and effort game. The Lakers shot themselves in the foot with turnovers. And again, we've seen this from them before. And they let a team outcompete them. Just work harder. They let a team work harder. The Lakers had opportunities to pick themselves up and to get going. And again, this Grizzlies team is missing a bunch of players, so those opportunities were there to get back in the game if they wanted to compete. And again, the Lakers made the choice, and it was a choice not to do so. That's where a game like this, to me, is much more frustrating than a game against the Clippers that was close and they made some dumb things in terms of scheme down the, down the stretch, and they wind up losing. This was a game that they lost because of effort. And that, that is where I can certainly understand the frustration with the team, with the players, with with any of that. Uh, and that's why I'm interested to see what the post-game quotes look like. But we have seen this from this team. It feels like every time they take a few steps forward, they just have to yank themselves back from that, that success that they're, that they're starting to feel by no-showing in a game. And again, this isn't the first time that they've done this. Let me see. I do have some more super chats coming in. And so some people, I've got people mentioning like the starting lineup and things, things of that nature. Uh, Senpai NFT, Anthony, uh, Avery Bradley is statistically one of the worst players in the NBA. THT has been awful. Baysmore and Reeves are our best guard defenders getting DNPs. Vogel's getting on my nerves. So look, it hasn't been, in terms of the rotation, certainly hasn't been perfect. There's no way. It has not been perfect at all. There have been a lot of mistakes. But we've talked about this. The rotation, the X's and O's, the scheme, whether you go big, whether you go small, without effort, none of that matters. None of it. If you don't show up and try, if you don't try, all the other stuff doesn't matter. The first ingredient has to be effort. If you don't have that, you have nothing. That's what we saw tonight. So that's why I'm hesitant to get into, oh, they needed this lineup, they needed that lineup, they needed any of that kind of stuff, because the effort wasn't there. Team-wide, the effort was not there from the Lakers in this game. And so it's hard to say, oh, well, this lineup would have worked, this rotation would have worked, Avery Bradley should have been in the starting five, things of that nature. Now, I will say, you can make the argument that, you know what, if they had gone with a little bit more floor spacing, say, in the starting five, maybe they would have experienced a little bit more success. And then they would have 
would have pushed forward. This team feels like one that very much needs to feel success, needs to find success in order to reinforce good habits. They don't keep working hard if working hard isn't working. If working hard isn't working, they're going to say, well, if we're getting scored on, then we're just going to, why put in the extra effort if we're going to get scored on anyway? That's kind of the mentality of this team right now. They need to feel success in order to ramp up the energy on both ends of the floor. And we saw it against the Celtics. They did a nice job. They found success and that carried their energy. Russell Westbrook was a spark plug for them and they really got moving. But in tonight's game, you saw the opposite. You saw the Grizzlies came out and just kept fighting and fighting and fighting. The Lakers would ramp up their effort a little bit and it kind of would start to make a difference, but the Grizzlies would punch right back and the Lakers would go, oh, no, okay, never mind. Never mind. We're good. We're not going to continue playing at this effort level. Again, that's been a problem all season long. Uh, Quinn Hughes, trade AD and THT for Turner and Sabonis. I know people are upset with Anthony Davis. I don't see the Lakers moving on from him in a realistic sense, though. But I understand why people would be frustrated. Tonight was a very lethargic performance, not just from AD, from a lot of people, but a very lethargic performance from Anthony Davis. Cryptic Villain, Trevor, what is the first move you make to fix this? I feel like the only option is to fire Vogel, which sucks because I don't think this is his fault. Um, yeah, look, so Jeannie Buss was asked about this the other day. Uh, in fact, by my buddy Mark Medina, asked Jeannie Buss about how do you evaluate Frank Vogel at this point? You know, what do you what do you do? <clears throat> given that the team has not been as successful as they kind of hoped to be coming into the season. And Jeannie basically said, you, you can't. This team's not healthy. And so you can't really evaluate them based on what we've seen. Now, I've said that the issue with the Lakers, the reason why a lot of people have been upset, has not been just a lack of empathy over the injuries, suspensions, health and wellness protocols, things, things of that nature. It's not just because of those things. Right? I think there would be some understanding, like if the Lakers were giving a consistent effort every single night and the record wasn't quite where they wanted to be, but they experienced all the, you know, the injuries and things like that that they had suffered this season. Like if the Lakers record right now, if they were sitting in the say five seed and they had a couple of bad losses, but for the most part, they competed hard every single night. I think people would be a bit more understanding of where they're at, given the context of all the injuries and everything else. However, that's not what we've seen. That's not what we've seen. We've seen games like this where they haven't shown up. We've also seen games where they've been great. And so that roller coaster effect can be kind of maddening, right? It can be frustrating. And that's where I think you can evaluate Frank Vogel to a degree. Because really, the coach's job is to make sure that the players are prepared to play. And some games they have been, but tonight... The players were not prepared to play. And I agree with you. I don't think it's all on Frank Vogel. These guys are professional athletes. Part of this is on the, the players themselves. Part of it is on the players. They've got to make sure that they are ready to play mentally each and every game. It's not on Frank Vogel to hold their hand. But that said, when the effort of the team is waning, I think you're right. Oftentimes, it does fall back on the coach. And given the Lakers' situation contractually, changing the coach should this continue? Again, we have to keep in mind we're coming off of what was probably their best win of the season against the Celtics. So we have to keep that in mind. But if they continue playing like we saw tonight, you don't have a lot of other options other than to maybe change out the coach. Now, for the Lakers, that probably means paying Frank Vogel to not coach for them because you've got to keep paying him. So at, from an organizational standpoint, you don't want to do that. 
You don't want to continue paying somebody to go not work for you and then pay somebody else to come in and work for you. And maybe it just means promoting David Fisdale. That's not the ideal scenario. That's not the path as an organization that you want to go down. So you're not going to do that until you absolutely have to. But nights like this certainly don't help. Nights like this do not help. Al Coro from YouTube with the Super Chat. By the way, guys, I'm trying to save all the Super Chats as they come through. So if I get yours out of order or something like that, that's why. Some of them I'm saving. I feel like having Dwight Howard on the floor a bit more would help. He brings a lot of energy. Yeah, Frank Vogel did go to Dwight to start the second half, and uh, and it helped. It seemed like the Lakers were going to get things going. It seems like the energy was up, but then he kind of got away from him once again. Um, I would have liked to have seen Dwight get more minutes. The Lakers, I feel like as a team, just can't quite settle into any particular rotation right now. They can't figure out exactly what's going to work. And it feels like Frank Vogel in a lot of nights is just trying to find something that will get the job done and will stick. There's been no consistency. You know, this was something that was mentioned earlier today in the Dave McMenamin piece on ESPN. The Lakers have had more starting fives than any team in the NBA except for one. They've had 12 different starting lineups at this point in the season. And we're, what, 26 days in? 26 games in and they have 12 different starting fives? Like, that's unreal it's hard to have consistency like that and so i think that's something we have to consider but that is no excuse for energy and effort which is what we saw once again the grizzlies played last night second night of a back-to-back and the lakers looked like the team that was exhausted and not interested in playing uh inigo de peralta said LeBron fan here. He doesn't have it anymore, and it's sad. You know, LeBron still, I think LeBron can still be very, very good. Uh, maybe he doesn't, maybe he doesn't have it in terms of um, he can just take over an entire game by himself and put the entire team on his back every single night. I think that he can. He can do that in some games, but you can't have him do that every single night at this point. Uh, silver lining from Beachad. The Lakers are just two games out of fourth place, which they can all is all they can play for. Gold State, Phoenix, and Utah have the one through three. This is a fight for the four seed. Yeah, you know what? That's that is the silver lining. Okay. And on one hand, there's a little bit more frustration because tonight would have put them in the four seed. Again, had if they had shown up. They didn't. But you bring up another point. The West has not been good this year. This year, in fact, the East, their record is much better than the West right now, which is a massive change from what we've seen over the last, what, 20 years? So that is the saving grace here, is that there's plenty of opportunities still in the Western Conference to finish high with a high seed. If this were the Western Conference of last year or the year before or whatever, it would really look bad. But at this moment, the Lakers actually aren't in terrible shape in terms of playoff seeding. Because the West has not been good. And part of that is the West is insanely injured. You look at the Clippers, the Denver Nuggets, all these teams that have major injuries that have knocked them down. But again, the openings are there for the Lakers to jump in. Right now, they're on a five-game stretch. A five-game stretch where I thought the opportunity was here for them to go 5-0. and Obviously, now best case is going to be 4-1. and After that, the schedule is going to start to get more difficult. So again, the Lakers have blown a lot of opportunities. A lot to stack up wins against bad teams so that they'll be able to weather the storm of the second half of the season. 
unfortunately, they have lost a lot of games that they shouldn't have. And that will probably come back to hurt come springtime. When the season starts getting short and they're playing some good teams and not stacking up wins right now for those dark times, it will hurt. It will. At some point, we're going to be looking back saying, man, those losses to OKC really hurt right now. If they'd won those games or man, that loss to Memphis really hurt. If they had won that game, they'd be moving up. Um, but that said, again, the West has been really weak. So there's some opportunities here for the Lakers to keep uh, to stay right in the playoff mix. Uh, Chad Beard said, Trevor AD is injured. He looks like a totally different player, and he seems like he has little to no energy. Has he lost confidence? I'm curious to see what AD says after the game. He's a guy who says the right things quite a bit, but the uh, I mean, like a lot of the guys on the team, the energy was not there from him tonight. He did look a little bit timid. Now, the Grizzlies, to their credit, were doing a really nice job of sandwiching him. So when he was the only big on the floor, the Grizzlies were committing two players to boxing him out and then just letting everybody else fend for themselves. And in most cases, that was working. Now, part of that is evidence of why Trevor Ariza not being healthy has really hurt, has really hurt the Lakers because you just, you're at a size disadvantage of a lot of the other positions. But it's still alarming seeing Anthony Davis play with such little energy. I thought, I thought, and our guy Mark Guttel said the same thing. Anthony Davis has been hearing the criticism. He's going to come out firing in this game. He has had blow-up games against the Grizzlies in the past. We thought this was going to be a big performance for AD. It was not. It was not. Again, he looked low energy, lethargic, disinterested in certain stretches. Not good. And again, I think that Anthony Davis has looked good in some stretches this season. But tonight, and it wasn't just him, but tonight was not one of those nights. By the way, uh, usually we do the 360 award. Usually we do the next man up award. It feels a little disingenuous to like give the 360 award to LeBron because yay, he got his 100th triple double of his career, but the Lakers had one of their worst losses of the season. So that's why I haven't gotten into like the 360 award or anything like that. There's not a lot of positivity from this game. Uh, if Look, if the Lakers had come out and played with energy and won and LeBron had his 100th career triple double, sure, we'd be celebrating that. But again, would just feel a little disingenuous to do a 360 award on a night like tonight. Let's see what else we've got coming in here. Lords of the Sky, we have 56 games left and nothing has changed. Our schedule is only going to get tougher. I'm starting to think we won't even make the playoffs. What do you think? So I think they will. But again, part of that is the Lakers, uh, the Western Conference not being great this year. So the West has been very forgiving, and so that, I think, will help. I also think we tend to react to the moment. If you look at the last, what, three weeks, and you take that as a whole, I think the Lakers have played a lot better than we saw at the very beginning of the season. Tonight, they were completely reverted back to what we saw early on in the season. A lot of the same mistakes, same tendencies, just gross. Horrible, horrible, horrible stuff. Um, but if you take the, say, last three weeks or so as a whole, together, they've improved. So we'll see. I I'm still don't have them like missing the playoffs or anything like that. And again, part of that is because the West has been uh, is pretty forgiving. But we tend to, because again, we're kind of captive in the moment, we look at a game like this and we say, oh, they're terrible. They're not even going to make the playoffs. They're awful. This team just, just quit. 
all of that. One night, though, is not an accurate snapshot of what a team accurately is, either on the positive or negative side. So when you look at, say, the last few weeks, I'm hoping that's going to be the better representation of who they are. Devin Smart from YouTube with the Super Chat said, AD is not a center. Trade for Miles Turner. Well, that I mean, that could be an option that's out there. Like, the Lakers become uh, a little bit more aggressive on the trade market if they don't feel like this makes this is going to work. Do they look at a trade for, say, a Miles Turner, a Christian Wood, somebody like that? Can they even put out enough things together in order to get that type of player? We'll see. We'll see. Again, the trade deadline's a ways away. It's right now, this is when the trade rumors start. This isn't typically when trades go down. This is when teams start to figure out what they have, what they don't have, what they need, where they're at. Are they going to be a seller? Are they going to be a buyer? That's we're at that time of year. We're not necessarily at the time of year where teams start really making deals, though. So if you're assuming, hey, tomorrow the Lakers are going to call up the Pacers and make a trade, I, I think you're going to be disappointed. It's going to be a little bit before a trade actually gets executed. But if this continues, you have to imagine the Lakers will be that much more um, willing to make a deal if uh, things don't change. Somebody said, AD is softer than the lint in my dryer. Look, AD was not good on this one, that's for sure. George Torres, the Lakers' 22 turnovers equaled 16 extra Memphis shots, fanned for 30 years, and never hated a Lakers team this much. These players are all too stupid blow up this team. I understand the frustration. I really do. I certainly understand the frustration. And yes, the Lakers did dumb things. And here's the the kicker, right? Is the Lakers, if you look at this team, look how many veterans are on this team, right? LeBron James, Carmelo Anthony, you've got uh, Anthony Davis, you've got Russell Westbrook, like all of these guys who've been in the NBA for a long time, who've played NBA basketball at a super high level. And yet tonight, and again, this is what we saw early on in the season, what really stood out was they looked like the young team. They looked like the young, inexperienced team. And the Grizzlies, the second youngest team in the NBA, looked like the seasoned veteran team that knew what they needed to do to go out there and put a team away. This isn't the first time that's happened. This has happened when the Lakers played OKC as well. The Young team looked like the veteran team, and the Lakers looked like the inexperienced team that had no clue what they were doing. That's what we saw out of the Lakers tonight, uh, in addition to the low energy and, and things like that. So that's something that is surprising, right? The lack of effort, the lack of energy is surprising, but the mistakes and the type of mistakes are not veteran mistakes. We're not seeing the Lakers on nights like this. Again, I think over the last, say, three weeks, they have eliminated a lot of these issues. But this game tonight was a throwback to the Lakers team we saw a month ago, five weeks ago. This was the beginning of the season, Lakers, that we had seen, um, where veterans are making very non-veteran mistakes. And it stands out, and it's weird. It doesn't make sense. Even if, even if your coach's offensive sets are terrible, even if the rotations are not good, even if the chemistry's off or something like that, the types of mistakes, the decision-making mistakes that are being made are just not ones that you typically see from veteran players. So that's one thing that, that strikes me as odd with this group. Arian Willica said from YouTube, the Super Chat, AD does not deserve to be on the 75th best players. Because of tonight, 
against the Grizzlies? Are you taking them off the list? <laughs> All right. Uh, the fact is, the team is not consistent enough yet to be playing down to the competition. Teams don't fear them. Braun's body language was, was trash. It wasn't just Braun. It wasn't just Braun. It was a lot of guys. But yes, the body language was not good. And again, this is a throwback to the beginning of the season. This is what we saw from them a few weeks ago. We weren't seeing this stuff, and that's why I was getting more optimistic about this team. Again, we didn't see this in the loss to the Clippers. That's why I was more optimistic after that one. But in this one, we saw poor body language. We saw we saw the Lakers get punched and revert back to that team that says, oh, okay, cool. You guys go ahead. You win this one? Cool. No worries. And hand over the W. Rather than say, oh, you're coming at us? Okay, here. This is what we've got. And bring it. They did not do that tonight. Tonight, again, the Grizzlies kept their intensity up. Lakers said, eh, no, thank you. Not interested in matching that. Uh, somebody said, I never felt he deserved it over Clay Thompson. That's fine. I, I think the whole debate is ridiculous. The, the top 75, it, it doesn't matter. It does not matter. Whoever, no matter what you do when you make a top 75 list like that, deserving players are going to be left off and you can argue one way or another that one player should be on or another player should be off or whatever. But for the most part, there's no decisive way to argue any of that because you've got a lot of good players in the NBA, right? You just, you do. You've got a ton of good players in the NBA. It's like arguing um, was Infinity War better than Endgame, right? And arguing back and forth. It all depends on who's doing the watching, and your own personal bias and what you're in, you know, viewing, the lens that you're looking at it through. So when you look at the top 75 arguments, it's that's in part the nature of why they do stuff like this and why there is like an all-star vote and things like that. It's to generate discussion and things that there's no real answer to. No matter what you do, no matter who you take off, you want to take Anthony Davis off, put Clay Thompson on, fine. No matter what you do, deserving players are not going to be on and people will be upset and say they should be on there. That's, there's no way to get around it. Uh, Ibrahim Macero said, this team is horrific. Tonight they were. Tonight horrific is a good word to use to describe them. Dardar Banks from YouTube said, package THT Westbrook and a 2025 first. They do not have that pick. For Miles Turner, Jeremy Lamb, and Karis LeVert. Or TJ Warren. He's hurt right now. Also, AD didn't deserve to be on the top 75. Man, we're really harping on this. Uh, but THT, Westbrook, nobody's taken on Westbrook. Nobody's taken on that contract. Uh, I don't think, I wouldn't assume that Westbrook is going to be traded. The 2025 first, they do not have. The earliest first round pick they can trade is the 2027 first. Yeah, the Lakers don't have a ton of trade assets to move. Although I did a whole video on the Lakers Nation YouTube channel, breaking down exactly what assets the Lakers do have at their disposal, what kind of money they can get to in terms of sending out contracts and things of that nature. So, be on the lookout for that, but just uh, that I published that a few days ago. But just know that they don't have a ton of assets right now in order to use in a trade. Uh, Avi B said, This loss feels different. Is there a massive change coming soon? You know what? I, I don't know. Is this the straw that broke the camel's back? Is this finally where they make a change? I would say probably not because they're playing tomorrow. They play the second night of a back-to-back -to -back tomorrow in OKC. 
I doubt like the organization makes a big change tonight because again, they they play again tomorrow. So I don't think that's going to happen. However, the concerning thing is they took so many steps back. It felt like the Lakers had really started to figure some things out. And this was reverting back, not like two steps back. This went all the way back to the team they were at the very beginning of the season. And I had hoped that those tendencies were gone, had been kind of exercised. The demon had been exercised from the Lakers at this point, And you weren't going to have nights like this anymore. And then it happened. So hopefully this is a blip uh, in what has been, I think, an upturn for the Lakers. But again, some some concerning things, particularly in, in terms of how willing to compete they were. Uh, ever since Jason Kidd has left, the team looks horrible. I mean, yes, but I wouldn't necessarily jump to the conclusion that that's the reason why. Right? There's a lot of other things. That's... Um, there's a lot of other things that are going on here. George Torres, you notice the Grizz and Clips involved LeBron in every pick and roll and got layups almost every time, especially Hartenstein. Scouting reports see how lazy he is on defense. Yeah, he doesn't bring the energy consistently. And this team, as much as we talk about them feeding off of Russell Westbrook's energy, and they do, they also feed off LeBron. In fact, for the last three years, the Lakers have largely fed off LeBron. If LeBron has had energy, everybody else has had energy too. If he has not, everybody else has followed suit. That comes with being LeBron James. That's just par for the course. Um, defensively, the energy has kind of waxed and waned. There's been moments where he's looked really good defensively. In fact, I think to start the game, one of the, the first defensive rotation, he was on Jaron Jackson Jr., who rolled to the basket, and LeBron made a great read and got the steal. Swiped down low when Jackson went up, and, uh, and got the steal and got the Lakers in transition going the other way. And I thought, okay, this is going to be a good defense LeBron game. And I thought defensively he was good against the Celtics. But as LeBron's energy waned, so too did the Lakers. And you mentioned other teams kind of picking on him. Yeah, we've seen that a bit. And uh, he's talked about kind of being out of rhythm since having to miss some time due to health and safety protocols. But still, you'd again like to see more energy. Like I said, though, you could say that about the entire team. Entire team needs more energy. Antonio Powell said defense is the biggest issue. Ironically, M Russ, Monk, LeBron, and Bradley are the only ones who play solid defense. I mean, defense is... I don't want to sound like a broken record here, and I don't want to say it's all effort. They just need to man up and, you know, cross my arms like I'm Byron Scott or something like that. Talk about guys that I'd want to be in the foxhole with or something. But the first component of defense is effort, right? In the NBA... You can have a team that offensively doesn't try that hard and still be okay. Because some of the offensive talents in the NBA are just ridiculously good one-on-one. -on -one. And we talk about like the Brooklyn Nets. So when the Nets' big three are all healthy, their offense can completely break down. Completely. It can fall apart. And it might not matter. Why? Because you can give the ball to Kyrie and say, go, go make something happen. And he can do it. Give the ball to James Harden. He can do it. Give the ball to Durant, and he can do it. Now, that doesn't mean that's a sustainable way to win games long-term, but on offense, a lack of energy can be hidden by individual brilliance. On defense, it can't, though. On defense, if your team's not putting in the energy and the effort, you're going to get lit up. You're going to. If even one player isn't, because NBA defense has become so contingent upon having five guys on a string. Even if you have one incredible defender on the floor, 
you're going to get lit up if the other four guys are not putting in the effort and are not making the right reads. So the defense being a concern, that's a thing. They've actually been in the top 10 in defensive rating over the last eight games. So they've gotten better there. But again, tonight, they took major steps back in just about every area. And it all started with the effort of this one. Arian Willica said, what can we get for AD and Westbrook? Again, I would not assume the stars are going to be traded. I wouldn't be looking at that. Uh, Almighty Dre said, they need a coach who's going to tell them what's up because I feel Vogel doesn't have a voice in the locker room. You know what? Vogel is very much a coach who wants a collaborative locker room. And by that, I mean he wants to not be the only voice. He wants the players to have a voice. And given the veteran nature of this team, that makes sense. All right? You want to lean on the basketball brilliance of guys like LeBron, like Carmelo Anthony, Rajon Rondo, all these guys that have been around forever. You're foolish if you don't. But uh, there are times where Vogel probably needs to light a little fire under him. And he did that a few games ago, and it worked. It worked great. The Lakers responded, came out, played fantastic. But, but then you have nights like this. I'm not saying Vogel should be screaming and you know throwing chairs like Bobby Knight or something like that. But there are some times where you wonder, you know, what's being said at halftime? Why is this team still coming out so lethargic? And it could just be veterans aren't going to listen to a coach as much. I'm not sure. I don't know exactly what the dynamic, <laughs> what the dynamic is there. But the bottom line is this Lakers team seemed like they were just not prepared to play. And some of that definitely falls onto Vogel. Some of that's on the players as well. Cryptic Villain said, I hope Vogel lets Howard shoot threes now. 71%. LOL. Yeah, you know what? Like Dwight Howard, he can shoot threes in warmups. Occasionally he can shoot them in games. But Frank Vogel already said uh, about a week and a half ago, he said something to the effect of, yeah, it's not not happening. It's it's not going to be Dwight Howard shooting threes. Won't be part of their offense. The Jammy. Uh, this is something no one's talking about. Will Anthony Davis make the All-Star game? Will LeBron make the All-Star game this year? I don't think they will. Um, I think they will based on you know reputation alone. But uh, if it's on merit, I mean, LeBron probably does. Remember, remember, a lot of the West is hurt, so I think that matters too. But it'll be interesting if they continue to play this poorly the next few weeks. AD drives me nuts. He could be the best big in basketball, but seems to take it easy too often. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's part of the frustration too. That's part of the frustration. So with Anthony Davis, we saw 14 months ago, we saw Anthony Davis that ceiling, right? Or I don't want to call it a ceiling, a peak, right? The highest level of basketball we've seen him play. He was incredible, absolutely amazing. He was not just good, not great. He was league MVP caliber. That's how good he was during the playoffs when the Lakers won the championship. And since then, he has not been able to get back up to that level. We haven't seen that guy since then. And so he's constantly held to that standard though. Okay, we've seen that. Now we want that every single game, and he hasn't been able to get there. 
And so that leads to frustration. Well, he was so good when they won a championship. Why is he not that good now? I think there's a lot of different reasons you can look at. And some of that is certainly on Anthony Davis himself, aside from injuries, aside from the short season turnaround that we saw last year and all that sort of stuff. There's a lot of external factors, but some of it is just AD not playing with that kind of energy and effort that he needs to on every single night. And I think that tonight was certainly one of those. Uh, ever since Jason Kidd and Caruso left, the energy has left and they keep making excuses about injuries when we're only missing two players. Yeah, no, no, no. I don't think, I don't think you can look at this game and say they lost because of injuries. No, the, the Grizzlies were missing way more players. Um, the, the Lakers, they're missing Trevor Ariza. And Ariza is certainly a big part to the Lakers scheme. Frank Vogel has talked about that. But still, the Lakers are missing Trevor Ariza and, and Kendrick Nunn, who's been out all season. The Grizzlies are missing John Morant and Dylan Brooks. Big difference there, right? So, and, and other pieces too. So no, I don't think you can look at injuries as an excuse for why the Lakers lost tonight's game. I think when you look at the context of the season, you can blame some of the bumpy start on injuries. Okay? It's part of the, the blame pie, if you will. It's part of the reason why they've struggled. Another part of it, though, is effort. Another part of it is mismatched lineups, just rotations that didn't make sense, things of that nature. It all comes together to create the problems the Lakers have had. But on this particular night, you can't look at it and say, well, they're hurt. No, I don't, I don't think that's that's any reason. And even if they were hurt, that is still not an excuse for the effort that we saw. So no, there is no excuse for, for tonight. There is no, oh, well, these factors are why the Lakers lost, or these external factors. No, it's all internal. The Lakers lost this game for themselves. And again, credit the Grizzlies. Oh my goodness. If this Lakers team played with the heart, and the hustle and the energy that that Grizzlies team played with tonight, this the Lakers would be dominant. We'd be talking about how much fun it is to watch the Lakers every single night if they played with the heart and the energy that the Grizzlies played with. Credit to them. They went out there and they went after this game like they badly wanted to win it. The Lakers went out there and played the game as though they badly wanted to be somewhere else. That's what we saw from the team tonight. Hopefully that's not something that is going to continue. Okay, let me see what else we've got coming in here. By the way, guys, master lock of the night. Let me let me know. I'm really curious about this. So we do, we take whatever was the most annoying thing on the night and we put it in the master lock. I'm really curious though. What would you guys master lock from this game? So if you're coming in from YouTube, from Facebook, from Twitter, what is the one thing that you would put at the top in a game where there were so many things that we could go with? Typically on a night like tonight, I would just say you master lock everybody. The entire team gets the master lock. I've done it before. But I'm curious, though. What is it that you would put as maybe the most concerning? Really, the biggest annoyance is probably the best way to look at it from this game tonight. Let me know what you guys think. The offense, master lock everything. Yes, and that's that's typically where we've gone. Master lock the entire team. Master lock the effort. Master lock Anthony Davis. Master lock the Lakers, just the Lakers in general. Master lock Westbrook and AD. Master lock Vogel. Hmm. 
Master lock turnovers. AD not taking it personally. A lack of energy. Master lock energy. Yeah, I'm... I'm really, oh, somebody said Master Lock Kendrick Nunn. That hurts. He's not even with the team. Come on. Oh, Master Locking myself for being a fan. Ouch. Ouch. Maybe you felt like you got put into Master Lock watching this game tonight. So, if it's on me, I would probably Master Lock the effort. That is, again... A lot of people were upset with me that I wasn't more upset after the loss to the Clippers. But again, my rationale was I thought they actually were playing, had made some improvements, some things to be optimistic about. Tonight, we saw a big step back in effort. Tonight, it's hard for me to even get into the X's and O's. It's hard for me to even get into the rotation should have been this, or the rotation should have been that, or they needed to run this scheme, or they needed to respond to what the Grizzlies were doing in this way. Because the effort was, wasn't there. And again, without the effort, you have nothing. So my answer is, is the effort. The effort is what gets master locked. And the real frustrating part about this is that should never be what gets master locked. That should never be the problem, right? On any given night. It should not be effort. And it was. And yet it was on this one. That is, it's easy to say, oh, you should play hard every single game. Harder to do. Harder to do for an 82-game season to play with real energy every single game. But the Lakers were particularly lethargic. This wasn't just, oh, it's a random game in the middle of December and we're kind of beat up a little bit or whatever. It wasn't that. This was a kind of a lack of a lack of fire in them, a lack of competitive spirit from the Lakers. And so that's what I would definitely master lock because that's what you shouldn't see team that doesn't look like they want to be there and unfortunately that's what we saw tonight hopefully that's not what we see tomorrow again we haven't seen this lakers team in a while so i'm hoping this is a blip and they'll go back to being the better team that we had seen over the last couple of weeks for that larry wolfolk excuses excuses are over we aren't competing for a championship like this changes need to be made what what changes are you going to make? This team is not set up to make changes. If you look contractually at the guys that they've got on the roster, they're not set up to make like a big move, to make a big trade or anything like that. The change that you're talking about has got to be Jimmy McGinty style. Maybe you get Shane Falco to come into the locker room. Sorry, I just watched that movie the other day. But they need heart. That's the biggest thing that has to change is they have to play with energy and effort every single night. From there, maybe you can make a few tweaks around the periphery to round out the roster a little bit. But I don't think there's a big franchise-altering move out there for the Lakers. Uh, somebody said, Ibrahim Majid from YouTube, inconsistencies because the Lakers don't care about the regular season. LeBron never has since he can turn himself and his, the team on <laughs> for the playoffs. Age is even more reason for waiting. So I would agree with that if, if uh, the Lakers had shown flashes. If the Lakers had shown flashes of 
brilliance of dominance if they had games where they were playing really well and you could see teams just weren't really keeping their attention in some other games that's a different story if the lakers are so good that they're kind of playing with their food on each on a, a few different nights okay this team hasn't been that at any point they've had some good performances but it's not like they've ever been dominant for like a few weeks where they rattle off a seven game win streak or five game win streak or whatever they haven't done that they're not at that point so I could buy the whole, oh, they're just bored until the playoffs thing. LeBron's going to turn it off and come playoff time. If we had seen this team reach a higher level, right? If they were just crushing teams on certain nights, you could see where maybe they, you know, regular season, they wouldn't be going at 100%. Maybe they're going 75%. They're just barely doing enough to win. This team has proven instead they're not at that point right now. Instead, they're at the point where they have to try. If they don't try, they're going to lose to teams that they shouldn't lose to. So the whole flipping the switch thing doesn't really apply to this team because they're not at that point. They're not. They're not good enough to flip the switch off and assume that they can still win games. Instead, you flip the switch off, and what's going to happen is you're going to lose to a team like OKC. You're going to lose to an, uh, a very weakened Grizzlies team. You're going to lose to teams like that that are simply going to try harder than you because you flipped the switch off. You can't just assume, oh, we're going to flip the switch on later. No, they have to have the switch on. I'm talking about the energy and the effort in order to win games right now. Uh, Sheesh, with a super chat, said, why isn't Austin Reeves playing? He should start over Bradley. Start Howard. Anthony Davis can't play center when the other team is an actual big man. Trade for Turner without trading THT somehow. Uh, you can't do that. You can't trade for Turner without trading THT. You would need his salary in there, in the mix. But uh, as far as why are you uh, starting AD at the center, yeah, maybe you do start to mix and match a little bit more often. If the other team has a real big, you go to Dwight Howard. That's what we saw with Steven Adams, of course. Uh, but I thought AD was okay last game against the Celtics, at least in the second half anyway. First half, he was not so great. As far as Austin Reeves go, goes, that's a mystery to me as well. I thought Austin Reeves made good decisions on the floor. I thought defensively, he was really good there. Uh, better than some of the other guys that we see. Now, offensively, are we going to trust in his three-point shot? I don't know. Maybe that's a factor. But overall, he just makes smart plays out on the floor. And it seems like this Lakers team could use somebody who can do just that. So I am surprised that we're not seeing more Austin Reeves right now because I thought he was a bright spot for the Lakers. Uh, Avi B said, missing Otto, Bielitsa, Caruso will cost. Those were bad errors. Yeah, I mean, some of the choices in free agency were not ideal, right, in terms of who they targeted. But again, I go back to when you look at what the situation Rob Palenka was in, I can't look at this roster and say, well, under these circumstances, they made terrible choices. Circumstances were the decision was made to trade for Russell Westbrook. From there, you are building the rest of your roster with better minimums. And you got guys who are probably a bit more talented than a veteran minimum, who can give you a bit more than a standard veteran minimum player can. And they did that. The problem is a lot of these pieces don't really fit or complement each other. And we kind of just had our fingers crossed and hoped that Westbrook, LeBron, and AD would be so good that the fit wouldn't matter quite as much uh, with the other guys. 
and the other guys will be able to just play off of those three. And that has not happened. None of those three have been good enough this season to pick up the other guys. And then you've seen some of the other guys who have just lost a step or two, and some of that's age, of course, and not been able to step up and fill that gap. So you've got a situation where the Lakers were kind of hoping, number one, that Frank Vogel could turn bad defenders into good defenders, but they were hoping that the three stars would be up here and everybody else would be here and it would kind of lift them up. The stars would lift them up. Um, but instead, what they found out was their three stars have been kind of down lower a little bit and then hoped the other guys would be able to step up anyway and they haven't been able to do that without truly dominant stars to play off of. We've seen some moments of dominance from the big three, but not consistently. Larry Wolfolk, do you see us beating the Warriors and Suns this year? It depends on what they look like in, what, May? That's that's what will determine this. Maybe even April. That's what's going to determine that, what they look like then. Based on right now, if you were to start a playoff series between the Lakers and Warriors or Lakers and Suns, are the Lakers winning? No. No. Those teams right now are playing basketball at a higher level than what the Lakers are at. I don't think there's any debating that or anything, or that shouldn't be a surprise. The Lakers are not playing basketball at the same level as those teams are. They just aren't. They're not on the same page in a lot of areas. Now, again, they have gotten better. We've seen tonight excluded, they have gotten better in a lot of ways. Does that mean they're on the path towards winning an NBA championship? I wouldn't go that far. I think they have a long way to go still. And again, tonight was a dangerous step back. So I'm curious to see how they respond tomorrow. Somebody said once THC gets his hairline back, he'll be good. Oh, so it's like it's like a Samson thing, huh? All right, guys. Let's do let's do one more comment here. And again, I hope that as we're getting ready to wrap things up here, a lot of you have been able to at least vent a little bit. Not a fun night, certainly, not an enjoyable viewing experience from the Lakers perspective. Um, in fact, this is, for me, this was one of my least favorite games of the season because of the self-inflicted damage that the Lakers uh, had. And so I'm hoping that we don't see too many more games like this. Uh, certainly frustrating, no excuses for it. Uh, the Lakers have nobody to blame here but themselves for the way that they played in tonight's game, the energy, the effort that we saw. But I hope that some of you feel a little bit better now after having vented through this. This has always been, this is how this show originated, was... During a difficult Lakers season, this was an opportunity for people to come on, to commiserate a little bit, to vent, talk about what we had seen, and uh, and discuss. And then as they started winning, we got to spend more time celebrating, and that's certainly been fun. And I definitely would prefer to celebrate over venting frustration, but hopefully this show still serves some purpose for that. Let me get to one more question or comment, though, before we do call it a night and then get ready for tomorrow night's game against the Thunder. Somebody said, will the Lakers win tomorrow against OKC? I sure hope so. Look, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Somebody said, I can't even imagine celebrating right now. We were celebrating 14 months ago, a championship. 
There's nights, there have been nights to celebrate. I know it feels like a lifetime ago, but there have been. Uh, will the Lakers win tomorrow night against the Thunder? This goes back to our big idea here. You don't know on a night-to-night basis what the Lakers are going to be. You don't know which team. This team is so Jekyll and Hyde. We don't know which version is going to show up on any given night. Tonight, we got Hyde. We got big time Hyde. We got a Lakers team that was not fun to watch, was not an enjoyable experience, didn't show up to play. Tomorrow night, in most situations, what happens is after a game like tonight, the team comes out pissed off the next night, fired up, and they have a great performance because they're so frustrated and so angry over what happened the night before. That's usually what happens. But again, with this Lakers team, flip a coin. Who knows if they are going to be in that mindset, be cranky and ready to take it out on the Thunder tomorrow. That's what should happen. That's what should happen. But this Lakers team, this roller coaster, the highs and lows, you just never know where you're at. So I would love to be able to say, yes, tomorrow, the Lakers are going to come out fired up. The Lakers are not going to be happy. They're going to make sure that they get a win in OKC, especially given the fact that they've already dropped two games to OKC. This, they should be plenty motivated to blow the doors off the Thunder tomorrow. There should be plenty of motivation from the previous losses to what happened tonight, all of that. But I can't say with any confidence that that's what's going to happen because you just don't know on a night-to-night basis what you're going to get from the team so far this year. That is unfortunately what we've seen from the Lakers this season. Hopefully that's something that over the second half of the season, as we progress forward, that will change and we will see consistency. But we have not seen it yet. All right, everybody. Appreciate all of you joining me tonight. Appreciate all of the questions, all the comments. Hope that you're all able to vent a little bit. Maybe feel just a little bit better. Maybe not totally, but... A little bit better. We will be back tomorrow night after the Lakers take on the Oklahoma City Thunder. Do make sure you subscribe to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Don't forget to turn on those notifications as well. Till next time, everybody. Stay safe and see you.